Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast. Today we're going to talk about how to check your ego, right, Noel? Yep. When you get called out. When you get called out. I mean, I have zero ego, so I don't. I'm, I'm just going to kind of let you talk about what ego is because I don't. I have no idea. I know yours is huge. Bullshit, John. Bullshit. <laughs> All right. So let's talk. Okay. So what? What exactly um, is ego? What's the difference between you know, say, ego and a healthy ego or your stance? And then we'll talk about getting called out and checking it, which I do think is very important. Yeah. So ego, I mean, can be a lot of different things, right? But ego is the part of you that um, finds worth, value, currency in who you are, what you have to offer, and how you conduct yourself in the world. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but... How, how do we know if it's um, so? How do we know when it's healthy, and how do we know when it's bad? Or, or I mean, you know? I mean, I think that's pretty complex, right? So yeah. I, I think like one of the one of the really important things to remember about ego is that ego, um, at its core, represents um, something about life that's transactional. You know, and and we all walk around with ego. We all contend with ego. We might project ego. We might try to get more of it. We might feel like our ego is bruised sometimes. And there's, you know, we talk so much about authenticity and honesty and, and being who you are and being yourself out there in the world. But, and the big but is that it comes with a sidecar of having to actually show up and actually do the work when you're engaging in a relationship with other humans. And sometimes they call you out and then your own map of the world is disrupted because it's so easy to float through life when everyone thinks you're great and you think you're great and everything is wonderful. So how do you deal with it when that piece gets disrupted? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I think with ego comes pride. I mean, unhealthy or exaggerated ego. Uh, also, um, it, they could get in the way. Um, there's also fear, you know, that I think fuels ego. Um, I like this idea of um, knowing the difference between uh, ego and your stance. So I think when it comes to a stance, and and a lot of people don't have one because of who, what they've been through, and 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 you know, uh, lopsided relationships and and self-esteem and all that. Um, when you start to create a stance, I think that's kind of healthy because you start to believe that you deserve something or you want something different. Um, you believe that you are worth something. All of that. Uh, and I went through my process, but I think, uh, when you just pull from ego, that's not, that's like more of a false stance, right? It's not about what you deserve. It's now like almost delusional. It's almost, um, grandiose. It's almost grandiose. Right. And, and it's so, um, it's so common, I, but it's also protective. It's also protective right, to right. have this kind of idea of yourself and this idea of yourself as, um, as a perfect human and as like forming a stance and doing right in the world. Um, you and I happen to have a, a unique experience in life in which we are public people and we both have a lot of people telling us how great we are on a regular basis. Um, 
I have very few of that, but yes. Fine. <laughs> is no, that my I, is that my ego speaking? Is that my ego saying? Yeah, uh, tell no, me more. I'm, I'm talking about it from an external perspective, right? So, like, I'll write a piece. Um, of, of I'll write a blog post. Or oh, you're talking about like social media. You're talking about yeah. you know, following. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you'll write a blog post or social media post, and bam, you'll get like 500 people telling you, "Wow, that's great. That was really useful. That was really helpful." I get the same kind of shit. So. For both of us, I would posit that we probably have abnormally inflated egos, right? And so, and and then so, but those are mostly from a lot of people who don't actually know us well, or live with us, or deal with us. <laughs> yeah, they they only see our words uh, that are uh, very um, you know crafted. <laughs> yeah. So what happens when there's this, this, and, and I think that, you know, we're on like a high level, but I think that almost every single human who participates in social media deals with this, you know, they'll write a post, they'll get some likes, they'll get some feedback and they'll, they'll walk around and they'll say, I, I'm helpful. I'm great. I do this thing out there in the world and then bam, that intersects with reality of people who are actually trying to have a relationship with you. And then what happens? Right. Right. I think also, uh, uh, something that's happening even more is uh, people on social media who are getting a lot of um, validation and likes and all of that just on their physical appearance and how that affects their ego. Um, I think that backfires because if you create uh, an identity on um, social media, especially Instagram, where you're projecting yourself in a way with a lot of filters where you're getting a lot of approval because people think you're beautiful, um, and then in real life, you're not getting the same thing. That's very confusing to someone. Then you suddenly live uh, in a way that's actually not uh, honest. Like uh, it's almost like what's happening is like there's a, a whole new dimension of life happening that is so-called social media. Exactly, exactly. And if someone were in that situation where they're getting a lot of likes on social media, but it's not translating into their everyday life, and I'm looking at it from a coaching perspective, I'd be afraid that that client or that person is gonna retreat from physical engagement, from outside human contact, and just go on to live in this virtual sphere where it's safe. Yeah, you're basically uh, creating your own prison. Yes, so I had an experience, that is the reason I brought up this topic, because I had somebody um, who I like and respect very much, come back into my life after 20 years. And I, I have a really healthy self-confidence. I like myself. I have a great life. I have a great family. And I'm told a lot by a lot of people how great I am, especially intellectually. And this person um, very correctly and expertly called me out on some anti-humanist bullshit and called me out on some ways in which I was um, being a misandrist where I was actually being prejudiced towards men. And it, it really shook me. What was, so let me, let me ask you this because you respect this person and this person um, said this to you. Uh, what was your first reaction? Was it defense? I got angry. Yeah, of course. I got angry and I got angry and then I got pissed and then I got defensive. And then I sat with it and I was like, the reason that I feel uncomfortable right now is because very few people challenge me in life and I'm so used to having people tell me how great I am versus challenge me. And so like, ha like I need to do some inner work here so that I can take this 
feedback, not as a punch, but as feedback and actually change so that I can be better in relationship with people who are actually in my life. So that's the important piece. So I think, you know, of course, the the defense or the anger, all that is just being human. Um, and most people from there make a left and they punch back or they, you know, try to say something that's going to, you know, hurt the other person. Um, but you sitting with it, I think that's the, that's where you start to dissolve your ego. That's where you check your ego. Um, that's where you, I think you could turn your ego healthy is when you actually sit with it, look inward and then really, um, don't like, you know, become a student, right? Don't think that you know everything. I actually, I processed it with a good friend because I realized I wasn't capable of seeing it through my own lens. Mm. Oh, wow. That's really, that's taking the next level. I yeah. mean, that, that's really taking some ownership there. It was straight ownership. And I had to because it was, it was such an unsettling experience for me that I needed to examine the way ego was really overtaking my life. And I was fucking cocky. You know, like, and I was like, oh, like this person is really trying to actually have a relationship with me. And I'm used to surface relationships where people tell me I'm great. And that's not what's happening here. <laughs> wow. And you, you know, what's interesting is when you're a life coach, this is actually a real thing where if you're life coaching and you're getting a lot of uh, positive regard, a lot of accolades and, oh, you know, you're helping me so much with my life and relationship, that's all you're getting. Uh, it's very ego. It's very easy for your ego to get inflated because uh, you're not having your clients tell you like, "Hey, you know what? This was okay, but you really didn't help me that much." <laughs> yeah, well, I've had that actually happen in session with clients too, which is one of the reasons I thought it was so important to talk about because it's like, how do you get in front of it and how do you deal with it? And in you know, knowing that we all have automatic negative responses, like my first response is anger. And I did not like that about myself at all. I was like, whoa, you know, nobody needs me angry and popping off right now. Um, and I had a, once a client, which she, she was really right. Um, she was talking about her own eating disordered past. I have my own eating disordered past. She was talking about her daughter. I was thinking about my mother. And she said, are you judging me right now as a mom? And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And did, wait, so did you, was there a part of you that felt like you were, and then there's a part of you that was like, you know what, I'm not like, what? I was, yeah. I was judging yeah. her as a mom. I was, I was projecting my own experience, which is something that you do naturally as a coach and something that you have to do a lot of inner work to kind of check yourself on. And so I was directly called out by a client and I, you know, I had to be honest with her and I said, you know what? I might have been. Let's start again. Tell me from your perspective. You know, let's have a go. Um, and that's fucking hard to eat humble in that way. You, you know, also, um, it hurts more if what they're calling out is something that you are known to be good at. So, you know, so if you're a model and someone's like, I don't think you're attractive, that hurts. Uh, if you're someone that is, you know, known to be super smart or intellectual or whatever, and then they call you out on that, that hurts. So it, it, it hurts more if um, someone is questioning what you believe are your gifts. Yes. And it also depends on the relationship dynamic, too. You know, this is a person who I wanted to continue to give me money. Right. So when I say that ego is transactional, ego is transactional. I needed to both protect my ego and deflect in the situation to set myself up in a way that I could continue to have this client. 
Yeah. And I think with life coaching, we actually have a responsibility as life coaches to check our ego. Yeah. Especially these days when life coaching isn't just about one-on-one sessions, but with social media. And if you're, you know, um, speaking or writing books and you're getting kind of in front of audiences, um, there's more of a chance that your ego is going to be amplified um, than if you're just, you know, doing one-on-one sessions, right? And more of a chance that you're going to get feedback from people that is unpleasant. Yes. I always believe that if everyone likes you, no one likes you. <laughs> and so yeah. um, you are going to get people that don't like you, that, that disagree with you. Um, so, well, so this actually just happened to me. I, so I was recently on um, Dak Shepard's podcast and he said, hey, listen, I saw a video you made um, about um, going through breakups. And he's like, uh, there's some of it that I like, like how you define, you know, uh, breakups with this term of expired relationship, because it kind of allows you to let go and all that. But there's some stuff that I didn't like. And when he said that I shrank. And I was like, Oh, shit, now he's calling me out. And he's, you know, he's having me on as an expert, but he's also deconstructing my expertness. <laughs> right. And I was terrified. And I was defensive. And I mean, we actually ended up not talking about that, because we start start talking about other other things like sex and stuff. But um, I remember in that moment that like, it, it was like, uh, he just chopped my legs off. Yes, exactly. And that's the exact point that I wanted to put the flashlight on with this is because it's like, that's smart discourse, right? Like I respect the hell out of that, calling somebody in and saying, I actually took the time to look at your work. Here's what I liked. Here's what I didn't like. Let's have a critical conversation about it, right? It take, well, it takes courage to, it, it takes courage to have a, 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 someone on a guest and actually say that to them, which I do applaud. Yeah, 100%. And I think in, in you know, coaching relationships, on the part of the client, you know, we tell clients, if I ever do or say anything that makes you uncomfortable, please tell me. But the bravery it actually takes for the client to call the coach out on that or to say that is tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what a great reminder. Like, in relationships, like, <clears throat> have you ever had an experience where, like, you're pissed at your partner, but you're afraid to tell them? Mm. Yeah. And vice versa. Absolutely. And I've had, yeah, I've had partners who've been mad at me, but afraid to, to tell me, um, what do you think happens if you don't express that fear or have that conversation? What, what do you think happens to our ego? Um, if you, from which side, from the, like, so like the experiential side of somebody just called you out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that you internalize, um, your reaction. And that your reaction, um, you know, I think it, so, so I'll give you a neurobiological breakdown, right? So, um, like I responded to being called out for something that I actually believe is true with anger. So that anger for me, um, is a feeling, not a fact. It's not representative of the actual relationship. It's not representative of what actually happened. And it's not representative of like who I want to be, frankly. Um, so if you don't sit with the discomfort and examine it and look for a way out and then take a minute to respond instead of react, you end up internalizing that response and maybe taking on or embodying all of the negative traits that you have. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I think it's, um, um, important, uh, not only for life coaches, um, but just everyone in general to, question to check, uh, uh, or as you say, put a flashlight on their ego. Um, so then the question is, how do we do that? What are some steps we can do? 
um, when we have that, whether it's anger or, you know, sometimes ego is what ruins relationships. Uh, it's not just someone getting angry, but someone saying I'm out, you know, quitting because they've, they've been checked. Um, what are some steps that we can do to check our ego in a healthy way? Yeah. I mean, I think feedback, you know, is, is super important. Having somebody that you can talk to about this kind of thing. So like if you called me and you were like, Noel, I was just on Dax Shepard and he, you know, had some uh, criticisms about, you know, my work and I felt terrified. I would say, okay, you know, let's get into it. Mm. Um, so vulner the, vulnerability, actually being open, being vulnerable. Actually being open. And I think the quality of the relationship is important. Like, you know, I love you and you know that I have your back and I have your best interests in heart. So, you know, there's not a chance that I might have told you some things in the context of that, you know, debriefing that might have ruffled your feathers a little bit, but ultimately, you know, I love you. Um, you know, I did the same thing. I took this scenario to a friend who I trusted, who I know loves me and was able to debrief it in a way that like, yeah, my ego continued to take some hits and some bruises. I really kind of examined my own behavior, but I was like, wow, you know, like this was helpful. Yeah. So it means, so it means that we're less defensive when we're having conversations with people that we actually trust and respect. I mean, so the, 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 the person that you, um, had check your ego, uh, because you respected and trusted him, uh, you know, after the emotion, um, you returned and you looked at it inward. I don't know if you actually returned the conversation with him, but, um, that kind of hit for you, but it, it wasn't destructive. It wasn't. Well, he actually asked me because I responded and I, I was really honest. And I was like, I have some pushed fucking buttons right now. I need to, to take a step back. <laughs> right. and, um, and, uh, and, and he said, are we still friends? And I was like, yeah, we are. Um, and here's all the reasons that I was able to see your perspective. Mm, like, I love that. Did mm -hmm. now let me, let me ask you this. Did that conversation like now, do you actually feel closer to him because of it? Yep. Yeah, that's the other thing is like, I think the, the value of these conversations, um, when we're checking ego and stuff, and especially if you allow that, and, and lean into it, it actually produces glue and that it actually brings people closer together because you, you, um, you just went through something. Yeah. In a way, you know, you just went through this little micro uh, journey together, uh, this roller coaster, this, uh, you know, looking inward, um, discovery, revelations, all of that. And so because of that, you now feel closer to the person. Also, there's courage behind someone checking you, like, you know, in a nice, healthy way, in a kind way. There is. And so, but that's intimacy, right? It's taking the mask off. Yeah, yeah. It's being willing on my end to take the mask off and be seen by another human as imperfect. And it's another human being willing to like put their own neck out there in a scenario that could have gone either way. There's a chance I could have said, you know what? I don't want to talk anymore. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's, that's what builds intimacy, I think, is the unmasking. Mm. And I love, I love that word unmasking. And I think this is a great place to end it is uh, if you're a life coach or if you're one of our Catalyst Life Coaches, uh, unmasking yourself, which takes courage, is a really powerful thing that's going to build trust with your clients. Yes. Yes. Showing your own imperfections. Yes. It's, and it, you know, admitting weakness. Yes, and unmasking doesn't mean to put your shit on your clients. Unmasking means just to humanize yourself and show yourself and to, uh, as we're talking about this episode, to check your ego. And to process your shit. I mean, yeah. 
I have the luxury of processing through this podcast. <laughs> which which I love. And I love that you, here's the thing that that takes this uh, from a performance to actually us being ourselves and talking truth. And I uh, my favorite podcasts are the kind that are like this where it's like you and I, you know, we don't even rehearse. We just start talking and we're very honest and um we always we always I I love our episodes because I love the conversation. Like there's no um, outline. There's no like, hey, let's we need to hit certain points. It's like let's just turn the mic on and really kind of process, and that's what we're doing. Exactly, and it's good to model the behavior, you know, because it's um, the the skills you can teach somebody from a bullet point checklist. But I feel like when you give the case study, when you give the experiential, you know, when you turn that flashlight inward, and you're like, all right, people, here's the guidebook for being a human, 2018. Mm. Um, you know, it's uh, it's valuable. Well, Noel, thank you for being my friend and yeah. for uh, continuing to check me. And guys, if you're listening, what a great reminder. Um, trust the people who love you and don't be defensive and uh, allow them to check your ego. And also, you check the ego of the people that you could love and care about. Absolutely. All right, guys. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, bud. All right. Be well.